Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you. 
Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share. She is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course, Wise Woman you can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you so much, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you this evening? Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful day here today. How is it there? It is a lovely day here. We had a bit of dry, sunny, and then it turned into um, wet this afternoon, but a lovely day, oh. a lovely spring rain. Oh, it was sunny and almost 70 degrees here today. Oh, wow. Wow. We were Yeah. And the snowdrops are putting on a performance like I have never seen before, where before there would be like, you know, 10 snowdrops. Now, where there would be 10, there's like 40. Wow. I noticed them actually myself today everywhere when I took a walk down the street. So I can relate on that front. Yeah. Snowdrops are like just like really whatever happened this winter, the snowdrops are all for it. It was just wet enough, just dry enough, just cold enough, just warm enough, whatever it was, the snowdrops are happy. Yes. And, 
I do. I have some news also as it relates to the show uh, this evening, and um, I figure I should probably just let you and the listeners know. Um, I logged on this evening, and it appears that the show was set to start at 7 p.m. So um, we have an entry on time. Yes, yes. Um, I discovered it only when I sat down to be here at 6.23, and um, when I dialed in, the show was already wanting to start, and I said, what you said, what? And, um, yeah, so I see that it is set um, by somehow the gremlins in the machine. I don't know. That's beyond my reach for 7 p.m. So um, I guess we'll be ending tonight if the show is still set for two hours for the same amount of time, we'll be ending, I'm thinking, uh, at 9 instead of 9.30. So the intro, you cue. I cue that. Is that right? Well, that's why that started at 7.30. Um, Yes, and normally it starts automatically, and it would have started at 7, but I played it a different way, not the usual way, when I saw that this was happening. But, yes. To your original question. Okay. Okay. That helps me understand. Um, Well, let's improvise and play by ear and see what happens because I certainly want to hear you talk about your relationship with Poison Ivy Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, So let's see. Often, well, the past couple of weeks, um, there had been not very many callers toward the latter part of the call-in time. So if that's yeah. true this week, then we'll just go right on into letting you talk about Poison Ivy. Does that sound like a good deal? Sure, sure. Okay. Sounds- now, yeah. they don't always, you know, sometimes they have actually let us go on. Mm. So there's that too. If there are a lot of callers, then let's just continue on and see what happens. Sounds great. Right. When I was uh, interviewing Lynn Andrews, I think I interviewed her for over an hour. Mm. And the blog talk seemed to just keep on going on. So perhaps the gremlins sometimes give it give it to us in our favor. And um. Golly gee, I will let um, the other helpers in the Wise Woman Web who may know more about this than you or I uh, know that the clock has somehow been reset to seven and find out what we need to do about it. Excellent. I've also sent some messages as well. So maybe one of them will step in and work some magic behind the scenes for an extension too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what will happen. Okay. There's some good magicians on the team. Indeed. (laughs) <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right then. So, um, I have been checking out the garlic mustard, and it's really not quite ready to eat. It's still the leaves are just like the overwintered leaves, and they are tough cookies. Woo! There's lots of chickweed, more and more every day. The chickweed, like the snowdrops, had a happy winter and is really bounding back very quickly. 
there's not yet Violet Lees, and where I am, there's not yet nettle. But I know in lots of other places that there is already nettle pushing up. And almost time for that first nettle soup of the spring. Oh, nothing says spring like that first nettle soup, eh? Yes. Oh, the nettles. Yum. Is there a nettle patch at your new place? I'm so excited. Yes, I went and checked this week. She is coming up in her little baby form right now. So, yes, we yes. are going to have a touch. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Her, she comes, she's she's a, an amazing purple when she first emerges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I see some of them in that stage. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, there's something about that. I really like to sit with it and, and see um, what happens with my with my uh, third eye mm. when it's at that purple stage because I associate that color with the crown chakra and with the third eye because the third eye is indigo, which is not an easy color really to see or talk about. But that there's something about color of the nettle. It's not really indigo. I'm not saying it's indigo, but there's some otherworldliness to that color when it first emerges. Wow. Yeah. Looking forward to spending more time over there and uh, getting to experience that myself. Indeed. Right. A couple of... um, Young people are now living on the road, eight years old, and um, they came over this afternoon and asked me if they could help with the goats when school was out. Oh. Magical. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? It made me smile yeah. so much that I had to tell them the story of Inanna. Hmm. I bet they Which were. Is a story for children, of course, you know, because the 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 ones who like save the day are the little the little me made of spit and snot. Hmm. Wow. So, I always think. It, I, yes, I always think. Oh, yes. Well, the children will especially appreciate that the day is saved spit and snot. Oh my goodness! Uh, I think it's also for all of us on those days when we think, "Oh, you know, I'm useless. I'm worthless. Why am I here?" You know, as one of my older friends says, "Why am I even taking up space anymore?" And then I say, "Well, remember that spit and snot saved the day. So, (laughs) no matter how useless you feel, you may be the one who can really do the trick." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Kind of a take on Rudolph the Red Nose, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, do we have anybody with any problems tonight? Well, we have lots of people who have called in, and I would like to remind everyone listening and all of our callers, um, if you would like to speak with Susan, please press 1 to let us know that you have a question. Um, At this moment, 
we did just have whoa, two, three questions pop up. So here we go. The first caller is coming from the 845 area code. You are live on the air with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. Tatiana. Hi, Tatiana. Uh, I am... Uh, I am swimming badly through the uh, allergy season. I did try to get yes. the Osha oh. root. They don't have it, so I called Herba Farm, and they uh, had something called the college uh, um, pollen, uh, pollen uh, something, some safe, some safe kind of. I didn't get it yet. So I am drinking, <clears throat> I'm drinking nettle tea and um, linden tea, and uh, I did take a lot of um, hypericum perforatum for pain because I'm sore. Yesterday I had such a horrible headache on top of the throat, and uh, it, I'm, I'm very sore throat and nose yeah uh, I do I do well, I, I you know last week when we talked about this I didn't want to interrupt you or to say anything but at this point there's nothing blooming the snowdrops are blooming there but are the lots real of pollen season starts when the trees start to bloom and that's when there's pollen in the air the most of the flowers that are blooming now are pretty and pretty flowers are pollinated by bees or other insects or, you know, slugs and snow so on. Um, so they, so we're not allergic to those pollens because they're not in the air. Right? Yeah. But the trees and the grasses, um, like cannabis, have separate male and female plants. And so the male plants make huge amounts of pollen because they just toss it into the air right? Like with an insect pollinated plant, the pollen is going to go to where it needs to go because it's on an insect. It's not going to go in your nose. But with a wind pollinated plant, the pollen goes into your nose and then causes allergic reactions. So you are having a reaction to something, certainly no doubt of any kind about that, but it's not pollen. Uh, there are other people sneezing around and suffering. So if it's not pollen, yes. it is something else, but I don't know what it is. I'm going to guess that it's various spores that are coming alive again. Uh-huh. You know, the earth and all the dust from the earth and all the spores in the earth have been under snow. Yeah. And as that melts, that added to all the salt, so-called salt that they put on the road, which you can actually see with your eye and which is kicked up by the tires as they go by mm-hmm. and goes into the air. So I think that, it's, that that's what it is, is that you are reacting to um, a worsened air quality that your body is saying, ah. Oh, the air quality has definitely taken a nosedive now that spring has sprung. And all the same things, because what's happening is a histamine reaction. 
Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. really matter what causes the histamine reaction. The histamine reaction swells up the tissues that are most absorbent of histamine, which is your nose, your eyes, your throat. Yeah. And yes. in severe cases, your lungs. No, I'm not. Which called an anaphylactic reaction, right? But that's not happening here, nor no. do we think that it's going to go that far. But just to say, you know, that that's its... It's scary terminus is to be so bad that the person having that reaction can no longer breathe. So we we always want to do what we can to limit that histamine reaction. This is where the steroid drugs come in, and this is why they're so widely used because that histamine reaction causes tissue swelling and then tissue damage. And since we have things that will stop it, modern medicine likes to use those things to stop that. So I agree, if any of the things that you're doing are helping to reduce your histamine reaction, then keep doing them. I sleep. I sleep. Yes. I, I, I can't yes. myself anymore the sleeping beauty, but I sleep like one. <laughs> Our bodies are so wise about what we need. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, it lasts for a long time because this is nothing new. I did have an allergic reaction to something that I ate in Central Park. And they did tell me exactly, if you don't come to the hospital, you'll stop breathing because your your throat is going to not let the air come in. And they took me there, and they put me on a chair, and after one hour I left, and everybody ran after me to get me back. I said I didn't die, so I'm going home. <laughs> I did not die. Yeah. Check it out. Still breathing, still here. Okay, didn't die. Right, I said <laughs> yeah. If it's urgent, there was a list there of 40 people. I said, I didn't die, I'm going home. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) That's how they got me out of the house, because I was, you know, uh, I I was swelling. Uh, I was looking pretty bad. Yeah. They said, you'll keep swelling, and when your throat keeps swelling, then you're not going to breathe, so you have to go to the emergency room, which I did, and then I found out that there is a long line, and I I saw that nothing gets worse than it was already, and I left. And I didn't take any medication. They left me a message, come back, you have to take injections and this and that. I said, yeah, no. And it was bad for some years, and then I could eat again some fruits that were making me really overreacting. I was sore for a while, but it that's behind me. What really annoys me now is that on top, uh, what happens when I get an aggravation like that, I already have the shingles. I already have the heart and the blood pressure that when I get upset, I notice immediately it goes up. I noticed that. I'm not allowed to get upset. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no luxury of getting you must, upset. You must practice serenity. You can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
if I lie in bed, I sleep, and I read uh, Edith Wharton, which is an excellent writer. And, you know, I can die reading. It's much better. (laughs) (laughs) And I ordered that thing that I said it's good for to take it for pollen, and I don't know what that is, and it's still uh, I'm still waiting for that. Uh, it did help a little bit, the hypericum perforatum. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it does come. Oh, it's, you know, it's kind of like, a light, like people yeah. will say, oh, well, if you have pollen allergies, you should eat honey that has pollen in it because that will desensitize you. But, again, no honey has pollen that's an allergen in it because the allergic pollens are the ones that are blown around. Yeah. Not the ones that bees do. <laughs> okay. Well, I do put honey in my tea, but very little. You can put honey in your tea, but it's not going to affect uh, whether or not you react to pollen is all I'm saying. That there's yeah. not... It doesn't help, yeah. Pollens that we react to are not pollens that that ever see a bee. Yeah. <laughs> They're the bee-less pollens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to tell a story, if I may, because it is interesting. My daughter and grandchildren went to Costa Rica in a place that's COVID-free, and there were 60 people there, and uh, the manager of this whole resort, who is making lots of other resorts, came in from I don't know where, and he had COVID, and he left, and they, they kept everybody for one more week so to see that nobody got infected, and nobody had a mask on. Nobody kept distance. Everybody was hugging and kissing and eating together, and nobody got sick. Nobody. Isn't that a good story? That is a good story. And the I remember pers- the, the, person, the person, person who had the COVID knew that they had COVID? Uh, no, he got it when he arrived. He didn't know. No, he didn't know. Uh-huh. He got it there. So, so how did he know he got it when he arrived if he didn't know he had it? Uh, he felt bad and uh, went to the doctor and they identified him that he had it. And that was how long after he was there? Well, I didn't ask the details, but basically... What I'm uh, saying is that I think, I'm guessing. Yeah. But I know that the most infective stages are early on. Uh Uh-huh. Before you have symptoms. And if he had enough symptoms to go to a doctor, not that it wouldn't be contagious, but it would be less contagious. How many of those people hugged him? I have no idea. I didn't. I was just like the so. hugging has nothing to do with him. My daughter said, "Pray we are going because they t- they took the test before going on the plane. That was the requirement, you know, the U.S. to to come test tested. And now she's t- taking it again after she got off the plane. So I won't see her before another wow. week. Wow! Wow! Uh, yeah. Anyway, the the most important part of it is that I I read that Louis Pasteur on his deathbed said, "It's not the germ, it's the territory," and I think those people were healthy enough not to take it. 
That's my only suggestion is how come they didn't get sick. Well, let me ask you this. If you go out into the rain and you do not have an umbrella, what is the likelihood that you'll get wet? Uh, very high. Uh, <laughs> when I that go in you're the not rain, healthy? <laughs> when Does I go in you're the rain and I pray and when, when it, it rains? stops. <laughs> you know, this whole conceit that only unhealthy people are hurt by things like this is a conceit, and it's really not far off from what was believed 500 years ago, which is that if you're sick, God is punishing you. Oh, God. It's a variation of that, and it's not worthy of you. But the additional information is that uh, in the area yes, where... the aurora is important, but no matter how healthy you are, if it is raining, you will get wet. Is the electromagnetic pollution that they say it's the cause. And in that area where Yasmin was, there was no nothing. They had no electricity. They have no water pumps. It's a primitive, pristine, clean place. Totally nothing, nothing modern there. They had to go in, uh, to the bathroom outside the room. I was going to say... Primitive does not mean clean. It equals dirty, in fact, because you are going to the bathroom outside. No, no. Primitive the is the opposite of clean. clean. There is no electronic Dirty. The, the oh, fine. I prefer electromagnetic pollution to fecal pollution. Yes, of course. There are pr privileges to every aspect, but the bees forget and don't find their way back, and I think something similar happens to people. I think that it is interesting what happens when we're not around electromagnetic fields. Ryan Drum moved to Waldron Island because he believed that harvesting herbs that grew where there was no electricity would result in a superior herb. I think so. I believe so. It makes sense. This is an energy that's extremely damaging. I know a person here who cannot go to the library because there are electronics there. She gets sick from it. So there are some people who react severely to this. Some people do not, and some people very late or never, you know, like in every case. Is different, but I I was really struck by the this story. And uh, they said that where in China this thing appeared, they put a 5G emission thing, and that has they said is stronger. Okay, than we're going to have to stop this. Yes, thank you very because much. Because I do not I do not tolerate this this kind of silliness. Okay, which really is just very silly, and. The reason that it is silly is because I personally find it not a good use of my energy to rail against the dark. I would rather light a candle. Yeah. There's a, place, there's a place for some complaints, and then let me see what we can do about them. But this is now useless speculation about something that none of us have any control over. Is that correct? 
Well, I turn everything off when I go to sleep. I want to tell you that. Ah, thank you for lighting that candle. Yes, that's the turn way. Turn it I off do. when you go to sleep. Yeah. Mhm. I turn all my electronics. Yeah, and I look right outside, and what do I see right out my window? Power lines. Big power lines right outside my window. I can turn off everything in my house, but right outside my window, a few feet away, it's a big power line. Not a huge power line, just the one for this street. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it's out there with the transformer on the pole. I'm in that field. So my preference is not to duck and hide. That's what they taught me at school. The atomic, atomic bomb is up. You will get under your desk and put your hands on the back of your neck. You know what? It's about as pointless now as it was then. What I prefer to do is to make myself stronger, more resilient, and more able to be a modern human being who lives in electromagnetic fields. Ideally, yes, that's wonderful. That's what we're doing. That's why we're drinking nourishing herbal infusions. That's why we're eating cooked food. That's why we're being vigorous so that we can, people keep talking about, you know, Evolution, but the evolution is to adapt to what's happening. The evolution isn't to make what's happening go away. Evolution is the world is changing. We evolve and adapt to that changing world, even if we're the ones who change it. It's not like nature's pure and clean and holy, and human beings are not part of it, so we're filthy and ugly. And that's the dichotomy you were trying to give us here, is they went to a primitive, clean place where nasty, dirty people weren't. No! We're part of nature. Whatever we do is part of nature. It's natural. We can't be anything other than natural. And every generation wants the same thing for its children, that its children have an easier, happier richer, more abundant life. You and I live better than the nobility lived 500 years ago. Just ordinary people. We are the new nobility. (laughs) All of us are. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, there are still a lot of impoverished people in the world, but there are more and more people for whom the parents and grandparents and grandparents' desire has indeed come true that life is easier, better, more abundant. If only they'd wish for us it would have been more fulfilling too, (laughs) that we have to find out our own. Each person, each generation has to find on their own how to make life fulfilling. Amen. Yeah. Thanks so much for your Thank you. Thank Green. you, sister. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. All right. And our next caller who has pressed one to let us know that they have a question is calling in from the 917 area code. From the 917, you're live on the air with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. 
I hope you're doing well tonight. I have an update and I have a question to share okay. with you. To go talking about my issues digesting um, yogurt and cow milk, and I'm calling uh-huh. to share that I have locally found some raw goat milk and have been drinking it for about a month, and I'm finding it so nourishing and has it has entirely shifted my digestion and I want to thank you for encouraging me to stick with it and I feel really happy and ready to reintroduce some cow milk now that I've kind of reacclimated my body so thank you oh you are welcome I'm so glad you were able to find that yay yeah it's really been so amazing I have it over oatmeal in the morning and I have it with Mm. tea and mullein and it's just been so nourishing and really comforting so thank you oh and the next thing is when you make that nettle soup then make some nettle soup cream of nettle soup milk of goat milk nettle soup right oh that's a great idea oh Oh, yeah they're so good together if it's Raw goat milk, I guess this is my question with that. That sounds really yummy, but would it take, if I pour it into my soup, that would be after I've made the soup so it doesn't cook out the raw elements. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay, great. Great idea. Okay. Yeah. And my next question is I recently joined a new co-op, and this co-op has a lot of meats that I have didn't previously have access to um, like elk and venison, bison and buffalo and a lot of different organ meats. And I was wondering your opinion about introducing some of these. I've had bison and I love it. And I've been trying some liver and some cow heart and I like those too. But I've never had um, elk or buffalo or venison. And I was wondering just if you're, you have opinions about those or... Um, yeah, I guess that's just my question. The whole raw thing started partly because of a researcher named Pottinger who um, took the adrenal glands out of cats and then mated them on various diets. Mm-hmm. And what he found was that a cat that was fed cooked milk or cooked meat couldn't reproduce after their adrenals were taken out, but a cat that was fed raw meat or raw milk could. Mm. And I was very curious. And what he discovered was that there are enzymes in meat and milk, and this also holds for fish and insects and eggs, any protein source, animal protein source, there contains enzymes that are actually active in the stomach because the stomach digests protein. Mm-hmm. The stomach doesn't digest fruits and vegetables. Yeah. So the raw milk, the, there are actually enzymes in the milk that help your body in your stomach to digest that. And then those enzymes are destroyed by the stomach so they don't go into any other part of your body because we're all very sensitive 
to enzymes. As a matter of fact, everything that happens in our body is enzyme-mediated, so the immune system keeps a very tight watch over it and makes sure that no enzymes from outside get into our bodies. Yeah. Right? The stomach is as far as they get, and that's an acid bath, right? Mm-hmm. So any meat raw is going to be instantly digestible. The other side of that is slow cooking. So, you know, 200, 250 degrees for five or six hours. The three fruits that contain the protein-digesting enzymes um, that raw meat has can also be used to marinate meat or eaten with the meat if it has been cooked to help digest it. And those are pineapple and papaya mm. kiwi fruit. As a matter of fact, a man, a hunter, told me that he took, I think, three or four kiwi fruits and sliced them up and put them in a big Tupperware container with this really tough piece of elk. And elk is known for being pretty tough. Mm. And left it set for two or three days, and he's when he took the lid off, it was soup. Wow. He said, next time I'm just going to use one kiwi. I just wanted to soften the meat. I didn't want the kiwi to eat it. So then he cooked it after doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. So... So well, really well cooked, or... The three helpers. Or what was the last part? Really well cooked or what? The three helpers. Pineapple, papaya, kiwi. So those almost act like uh, a pre-digestion for for the meat? They, They carry the same enzymes that digest proteins mm. that are found in raw meat. So you're saying you could eat the piece of meat after just putting it in with the... I'm saying that you could cook the meat, and though the meat doesn't have the enzymes, if you ate pineapple or papaya or kiwi with it, you'd get the same enzymes. Got it. Okay, thank you. Very interesting. Yeah, Yeah, and And look at how many hams are served with pineapple. Yeah, you're right. And the papain from the papaya is sold as meat tenderizer. In a powdered form. Mm. Right? So kiwi is the only one that we don't like immediately think, oh, yeah, that goes with it. But it does. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Thank you And very again, much. remembering that, that meat is inherently very easy to digest because it is us. It's what we are. We are, we are meat. Yes, and I feel best when I'm eating it for sure. Yeah. So it's, you know, people say, oh, well, it's so hard to digest. I'm like, no, actually, vegetables and fruits and grains are really hard to digest. Yeah. We're just, you know, we could we can do it, but we need, you know, those five cooking ways to get them to exactly. us, whereas the other, other protein sources are so easy. I so appreciate your calling back and keeping us updated with what's happening. It really gladdens my heart. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Green blessings. Green blessings.
All right. And just to remind all our callers, if you have a question for Susan, please press 1 to let us know that you would like to ask your question. At this time, we have four callers who have raised their hand. And our next caller is calling from the 732 area code. From the 732, you are live on the air with Susan. Okay. Hello. Uh, my name Hi. is Irene. Hi. And uh, I have... I have a question. Uh, actually, I have two questions if there's time. But the first one, I'm calling for a friend who no. had no, no, no. Oh. I don't do secondhand consultations. She oh, wants okay. to know something. I'm happy to talk to her, but not to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, she doesn't okay. know about you, but I'll tell her. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Then you can go on to the next caller. Then. Oh, I thought you had another question. Oh, it's for somebody else. It's for some another friend. Yeah. Okay. That is my hard, hard and fast rule is um, that the person has to have enough interest to call for themselves. I break that rule, you know, if the person can't speak or if they're two years old or 102 years old. But well, it's just, you know, this is a... Yeah, this, uh, the second one is, is somebody that, well, she's 92, she's legally blind. I help her with things. And, um, mm-hmm. Okay, so we could make an exception in her case because that would be okay. an undue hardship for her to have to call. So she um, she had a compression fracture in her lumbar spine, and I was wondering if you could recommend some things that she could take that would help maybe with the pain. And she takes blood pressure medications, two of them. Is she... Um, are you, first, let me ask you, are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions? I, I am drinking not regularly. Well, I, I, let's see, I drink ginger tea, peppermint tea. I drink chamomile tea. So you don't drink any nourishing herbal infusions? Um, nourishing herbal infusions yeah. are a specific thing. They're not chamomile tea. Yeah, okay. A nourishing no. herbal infusion is a nourishing herb, one that's rich in protein, vitamins, and minerals. None of the ones that you mentioned fit that bill. Okay. And an infusion is made with one ounce of herb by weight to a quart of boiling water. Uh-huh. So, no, you're not drinking nourishing herbal infusions, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's why I'm mm-hmm. asking. So I know okay. how much detail to go into, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what she wants to do is to start drinking nourishing herbal infusions. Mm-hmm. And I want you to make them for her or to help her make them. So you'll need a couple of quart canning jars or mm-hmm. a half-gallon jar. I think probably for her a quart, couple of quart jars would probably be the, the best and the easiest. Um, it will be both lighter and easier to pick up um, and probably more along the order of what she'll actually consume. But for you, maybe a couple of half-gallon jars. Mm-hmm. And so into each quart, we would weigh out one ounce of herb, and we're just going to do one quart for her, and into the half-gallon, two ounces of herb. We're going to do one mm-hmm. half-gallon for you. And we're going to mm-hmm. choose between stinging nettle Mm-hmm. which is the herb of energy. Mm-hmm. Linden, which mm-hmm. is about 10 times better as an anti-inflammatory than turmeric. Mm-hmm. 
oat straw. Okay. And we know about people who are feeling their oats. Mm-hmm. Red clover. The mm-hmm. I do everything herb. And most important for her, comfrey mm-hmm. leaf. Okay. And comfrey leaf goes by the old name of knit bone. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what it does. It knits bones together in a mm-hmm. truly amazing and dramatic way and strengthens the bones that are there. Mm-hmm. So all of the nourishing herbal infusions are important, and mm-hmm. especially when we're healing from a broken bone. Mm-hmm they become even more important. Mm-hmm. I drink between two and four cups of nourishing herbal infusion every day and have mm-hmm. for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, when for a lot of different reasons, I wound up getting a pelvic x-ray, mm-hmm. they were amazed and how dense my bones were. Uh-huh. It literally looked like a child had taken a white crayon and colored the bones in. My bones were so dense. Hmm. They said, really? we don't see that kind of bone density in women half your age. Uh-huh. And that's the nourishing herbal infusions. Mm-hmm. That's, that, the kind of, well, that's the kind of bone that they build. I rotate through those infusions. Uh-huh. So... I was just talking to my sweetheart. I said, well, we're drinking nettle now. And let's see, we had comfrey just before that. So how about some red clover? He said, yeah, but before we we had the comfrey, we had oat straw. I said, right, so it's time for red clover, and then we'll have some linden. Mm -hmm. Okay. So by having you make a little more, then you might drink in a day that gives you some for the next day so you don't have to make it every single day. Mm-hmm. Great. But Thank I you. think that you will think that you will find that this is the easiest and safest way to deal. Mm-hmm. Now specifically in terms of pain, um, the first caller, Titiana, was talking about using hypericum. That's mm-hmm. also known as St. John's wort. Mm-hmm. I call it St. John's wort. I don't much like John. Mm-hmm. And that she was using that very effectively to reduce musculoskeletal pain. Mm-hmm. It's certainly known for other things, but I actually find that that is one of its best abilities. It, it's important that you get the tincture and that the tincture be made from the fresh plant. Mm-hmm. If the pain is deeper, if it's a bone pain and not muscular or skeletal, mm-hmm. then CBD okay. is certainly a good choice. I rather like the way New York has set it up. Your, um, I'm sorry, what's her name? Irene. Irene. Irene mm-hmm. can get, I'm sure, a doctor's approval to be a card-carrying cannabis user. 
Mm-hmm. And then you can help her go to the New York State website and get her cannabis card. And then depending on where you are, she can, mm-hmm. um, in New York State, she goes and talks to the pharmacist who, you know, says this would work for you, this wouldn't work for you, this is this strain is particularly good for this kind of pain and so on. In other mm-hmm. states, she, if they like, you know, try to figure it out on her own. Yeah, but we're, um, in, New, we're in New Jersey. I think we're okay New Jersey. Medical. I think we have it. Yeah, medical. I think you just got it. Yeah, we okay, just got right? it. Yeah, yeah, just got it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would suggest. I find that for most deep pain, uh, CBD oil plus some CBD tincture at the same time tends to be quite effective, and I like the full spectrum products. Mm-hmm. Full spectrum being as opposed to a product that is just like um, just a fraction of what mm-hmm. it is. Like, like mm-hmm. if it's like pure CBD, yeah. then it's not a full spectrum. True. I understand. Okay, good. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you I'm very much. I'm glad you persisted. And then we got to talk about what she could do. Thank, Thank you for you asking. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good night. Good night. Okay. We have five callers that have pressed one to let us know that they have a question. Our next caller is calling from the 919 area code. You are live on the air with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. What's up tonight? I'm good. How are you? Great. Um, I'm calling in about Violet. Yeah. Um, my whole backyard, and I have a pretty big backyard, um, is just full of blooming Violet right now, um, purple Violet. I don't know if that matters. Um, and I was just calling in to see some what you recommend I should do with it. Um, I've heard I can make Violet honey. Um, I didn't know if I should make violet tincture. I'm just curious about it. Yeah, I think beautiful and so delicious. The very very first thing you should do is sit down in the violet patch and eat some. Okay. Okay, just sit right there and eat some. I personally like to take a piece of toast with me and put the violets on a piece of butter toast and eat them that way. But however you like them is certainly fine. But just sit there and eat some. And then certainly bring some to have in your salad. Okay. And as for preserving the bounty so that you can enjoy it at a later date as well, um, violet flower honey is really quite wonderful. It's especially wonderful for your skin. All right, just splash water on your skin and let your skin be slightly wet and then put just a dab of honey on your finger and put that all over your face and because of the water will just like go right in. It will not feel sticky at all. And of course you can also eat the violet flower honey. The violets kind of get like, they don't look like violets anymore in there. They just look like kind of stuff. So yeah. um, we lose the beauty of the violet. Violet flower vinegar is fun. It's not very exciting, but it's fun and that's okay. Um, violet flowers generally don't dry well. People who want 
to preserve, like the flour, decorating cakes and so on, usually brush the flour with egg white and then sprinkle very fine sugar on it and let them dry that way. So they're, and they're called crystallized violets, and I'm sure you can find a more specific recipe for it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, was, I, was just saw, I just saw them offered in some gourmet magazine. I think they were charging $10 a blossom. Wow. So you can always, you know, to pat yourself on the back and say, look at all the money I'm saving. Not that you would, not that you would spend that money buying them, but uh. <laughs> no, because no, my whole yard, I have, I have a ton of it. It's crazy. I'm, I'm yes, yes, yes. To, um, and I love salad, and I love toast, butter. Is it? I'm sure it's okay. I don't even know why I say this, but is it okay to put the violet honey on my toast with violet as well? Okay. Sure. Yeah. And be reassured, all of us shall be reassured, that the violet flowers that you're seeing right now are non-reproductive. You can pick as many of them as you want, and it won't interfere with the plant's success. Okay. The actual flowers that Mm -hmm. really have sexual parts in them come later in the year. They're green and they're hidden under the leaves. Okay. And I guess also so, I'm curious what the benefits or the benefit of violet is besides, you know, how delicious it probably tastes. Yeah. Well, in my green book, Healing Wise, I have a whole section about violet, about violet leaf and violet flower. I think I might have that book. Yeah, it's the green one. Okay. And so that's that's a good reference. And meanwhile, they're a great source of vitamin C, a great mm. source of early spring joy. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for your question. Great blessings. Good night. And I just wanted to tell you, I, I've. Yeah. All right. I, I just Sorry, wanted you want to tell, to tell you. me what? I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate all the things you have to say about the infusions and I just love listening into the show every week and yeah, it's just helped me a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Green blessings. Green blessings. Okay. Our next caller is calling from the 510 area code. You are live on the air with Susan. Hi, Susan. Happy spring. Happy spring. So my question is that season, seasonally leaning because I am wondering how I can support my liver um, this spring. I want to use the word detox, but, of course, that is a no-no. So just support my liver is what I will say. And um, specifically, I am wondering what herbs to use that wouldn't cool me too much because I, I run cold, and a couple of weeks ago, you said that actually you don't subscribe to the kind of the cold, hot monikers that maybe Chinese medicine does. And so I was really curious about that and wondering if you could elaborate on that as well. Thank you. You are welcome. It's not a no-no to cleanse your liver. It's an impossibility. 
<laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. The liver deals with every drop of blood in your body every hour. Every bit of blood in your body passes through your liver every hour. The liver is not a filter, and it has very little capacity to store things. It's incredibly regenerative. As little as a teaspoonful of healthy liver can regenerate an entire liver. And the liver itself is replaced cell by cell every 30 days. So again, That's incredible. It's, it's not that it's a no-no to say you're going to cleanse your liver. It's an impossibility. It's like going to a rushing brook and saying, I will cleanse you. But we can certainly make our liver work more effectively. The liver basically says to things in the blood as they go roaring past, I like you, you can stay. I don't like you, go to the kidneys and get pissed out. You and I need to have a talk, come back later. So it's got three messages, right? Yes. Stay, go, or come back again. The stuff that comes back again is what's called second-pass detoxification by the liver. So the liver is going to deal with first stuff first. And what it considers second, it's going to deal with second. If the liver has so much to deal with all the time that it never really gets to the second stuff, ah, then... The body takes that, those second pass things, and generally stores them in the fat cells. Got it. Okay. So, again, it's not being stored in the liver, right? Yes. The term blood cleansing herb was created by herbalists in Europe. In the 1500s, when people started coming back from America with a new disease, syphilis. And nobody wanted to go to the pharmacist, the herb herbalist who gave you your remedies, and say, I need these herbs to get rid of syphilis because that makes you not a hot date anymore. <laughs> So they made up the term blood cleansers to cover for the herbs that they used against syphilis. Wow, okay. All right, so when you're cleansing your blood, you're getting rid of syphilis, which I actually suspect you don't have. I do not currently, no. So those herbs really wouldn't be useful for you. So not only can't you cleanse your liver, the things that are supposedly blood cleansing aren't going to really cleanse your blood because your blood doesn't need to be cleaned. So, what is one of the first flowers of spring? Uh, Besides all the ones for plants. I, I think it is dandelion. Yeah! Dandelion is saying, come to me, baby, baby. 
I asked grandmother once, I said, so tell me about, you know, did you, like, think about, like, special plants to eat? She said, yes, Susan, yes. We were in the longhouse all winter, breathing smoke. And the first thing we wanted to do was to go running outside and to breathe air that didn't have smoke in it. And then to eat things that were really good for our lungs. So isn't it interesting that while they did, you know, very much so, really think, oh, spring, you know, I need to you know, get rid of something, but it wasn't what we would think of that they would be wanting to get rid of. All those fires in the longhouse that they had been breathing in. And I certainly know that um, my body's design decreased enormously after I stopped burning candles, which I still long for. I was really I really enjoy burning candles, but I don't do it anymore because it puts a lot of particulate matter into the air. Mm-hmm. So dandelion. Go out and munch a dandelion. Go and sit by the dandelion. Another thing that grandmother said is that the strongest medicine is made from plants that you've shared your need with. You sit with the dandelion and you say, Dandelion, I want you to help my liver. And you do that for a while and then you make whatever medicine you're moved to make from it. With the knowledge that the dandelion, according to grandmother, has actually varied its constituents a little bit to make the remedy that's just right for you. That's amazing. Isn't it? We'll do that. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thanks for asking. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. All right. Our next caller tonight is calling from the 575 area code. You are live on the air with Susan. Hello, Susan. How are you? I am so well. How are you? I am well. First of all, I'm just reporting back to you. I called last year around December about having a cataract situation with my eyes, and you suggested I stop going raw and cook my vegetables properly, which I have been doing. And say uh, I have had some improvement in the eyes. Thank you very much. Um, also, throw an egg. Yes, uh, cooked egg in my diet from time to time. And I must say, I gobble that down with relish. Again, thank you. And there's been an added benefit, if I might interject that. I have uh, I've lost 17 pounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did you um, want to? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I def- definitely been... Um, Dying to dying to lose weight, so it's always been a battle for me ever since childhood. But um, you know, just I, I was I was thinking eating raw vegetables would be good, but the, for some reason the weight just wasn't going down 
as it should, and then I started cooking them. I still have a salad from time to time, of course, but I cook them more readily. And um, uh, oat straw, lots of er, um, infusion of oat straw. And I was putting on a pair of jeans, and I'm saying, these are my regular jeans. And I went to the scale, and I'm off 17 pounds. Oops! <laughs> my God. Yeah, um, pretty much I nearly... Yeah, I nearly fell on the floor and gave myself a concussion because I was thinking something must be really wrong with my eyes because I, I am seeing this correctly, right? Right, right. You know, so ideally, ideally, hunger comes because our body requires nourishment. And so mm-hmm. when, when we're eating raw and not getting any nourishment, we get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. And again, what happens when we're not is the metabolism slows down to try to keep what little we have for as long as possible. And so you allowed your metabolism to um, get going again. I tell you, um, I'm just um, thunderstruck. I I had no idea I'm eating all these vegetables raw and thinking I'm doing myself a, a favor, a favor. Then I start cooking them, and then all of a sudden I just, you know, I lose 17 pounds. I'm sitting in things that are comfortable now. Yeah, without even That's half fine. trying. Exactly. It's amazing so what I just wanted to say do for us. Really nourish ourselves. Indeed. You know, it's not. It's not Indeed. like I have some, some like you know fixation on this is what. What the way things are, the reason that I say this is how we do it is because I see that that's what people's bodies respond to, and that they respond. Everybody responds to that, and it doesn't have anything to do with whether they're too hot or too cold or any of that. Because yeah, I've heard that philosophy, but yeah, yeah. I never subscribed to it myself. <laughs> but yeah. but there, I, I just wanted to keep. Oh, forgive me. I'm sorry. I just wanted to keep you up up to date uh, with I'm that. So and if I may, lastly. Oh, thank so, you. Thank you so much. So I'm happy to share your feedback. Thank you happy so much for share. calling. Happy to share. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Green blessings to you. Absolutely. Goodbye. Green blessings. All right. And we have two callers with their hands raised with questions. Our next caller is coming from the 310 area code. You are live on the air with Susan. Hello, Susan. It's Hi. <laughs> okay. I apologize if there's background noise. I'm taking my walk, and the wind is very strong today. Okay. So forgive me, and forgive me, listeners, if you hear a lot of no- noise. All right. I'll do my best to minimize that. And I hope you're well. It's so wonderful to hear your voice. Thank you so. Where are you and walking? I've been, I am walking in Playa del Rey, California, near the ocean. Oh, all right. By a little lagoon where things are blooming. It is beautiful. Spring, almost spring, or spring. I guess it is spring now. Um, gorgeous. Gorgeous. I'm going to take this mask off, too, because no one's around, and I think you'll Good. hear me better. I think yes, so. I'm being safe with others. Yes. All right. 
And I'm I'm happy to I'm very excited about the fact that when we spoke, I was still in menopause, and I have gone through my menopause now. I'm very happy. It took about eight nine years. Yep. Fully. Yep. And I feel very healthy. And I think one of the greatest contributions of all really is the nourishing herbal infusions. I don't know what we would do without them. Thank you, Susan, for that. Yes. It's a so great welcome. And- you know, pass the word because it's a really, it's the best idea I've ever heard. Drink your nourishing herbal infusions. Drink your nourishing herbal infusions, I think, is, is like more than half the battle of life um, because energy and truly being nourished with vitamins and minerals, and it's just, it's just remarkable. I have, what I've been doing, um, at least through menopause, I was so sensitive to oat straw, um, which I never had been before menopause. But during menopause, I noticed that oatmeal and oat straw forehead with, um, with cystic acne. I think, it might have been, yep, I think it might have been like the high level of phytoestrogens um, or something. My body yeah. just couldn't yeah, just handle it. it. Because, because it was already handling so many other. Right, right. Right. And... I heard you talking about dandelion, which I've never done dandelion infusion, um, and I'm wondering if I might want to incorporate that because it sounds beautiful, um, um, and I've not done it. How, how, do you drink coffee? I do, I do not, no. Okay. Um, the reason I ask is because if you like coffee bitter, you might like dandelion. Okay. I don't right. It's, bitter, it's really bitter. Right? Like okay. anybody who like has to put like milk or sugar in their coffee is not going to drink dandelion infusion. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, bitter doesn't bother me too much. Um, okay. I think my body is so used to herbs that I'd like to try it. And what I've been doing. Certainly won't hurt you to give it a try. I mean, the worst that can happen is you wind up with a bunch of dandelion infusion that you have to <laughs> water your plants with a pour over your head, you know. I like that idea, too. What I've been doing for the longest time, and red clover also. Red clover was also, I was having issues trying to manage red clover, probably for similar reasons, you know, the phytoestrogens. And so what I've been doing for so many years is rotating my comfrey, my linden, and my nettle infusion. Um, What I've been doing recently is I've been doing comfrey nettle, linden nettle, because what I'm starting to notice as I've come through my menopause, one of the first things I notice, and not falling out, mind you, I don't see signs of actual, like, falling out of hair. But I think it is thinning. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe, you know, bumping up the nettle infusion might be a good way to respond to that. That um, is a good way to respond. And the other thing is that um, you might need more stimulus to your scalp. Okay, okay. I'm I'm very open to that. Any suggestions you might have for that then, for that stimulus? Head. Get somebody else to rub your head. Just use your your nails lightly, right, uh-huh. and just um, stimulate your scalp, right? Woo, rock and roll. I like that idea, yeah. Right, I, like I you're sitting and literally... somebody's talking and you're like, Rubbing your head, and, you know, until it kind of tingles. It's like, okay, good, I got those, you know. Now those hair follicles are like saying, oh, oh, all right, all right, you know. They're like kind of drifting off, and you're saying, hello, wake up, hello, things to do now. 
Well, and I went to great lengths, no pun intended, maybe pun intended. I went to great lengths <laughs> to explore different types of hair loss, particularly for women, uh, particularly postmenopausal women, because, you know, they talk about things like androgenic alopecia or, or um, what is the one, frontal fibrosing alopecia, um, the scarier ones. And one thing I'm avoiding, because, of course, if I tell my dermatologist, for example, I'm experiencing thinning or possible loss. She says, okay, blood work, liver board, let's check your hormones. And you and I have had this conversation. There is no such thing as too many hormones because there was a study done you told me about where they determined that men with lots of testosterone not, were not necessarily uh, having children and or, or able to sire, and ones that had very low levels of testosterone might be having babies. Um, and, of course, you and I will have a different hormonal structure, so what's normal for you isn't necessarily normal for me or vice versa if I have that. Exactly, class. and not only that, it's the nature of hormones to change, not just day to day, but hour to hour. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for that. In fact, one of the things I've been doing throughout menopause um, is I've, just, I've been drinking a la Hildegard because we are – buddies of Hildegard, um, I've been drinking milk thistle tea um, to support. Now, that support, is good. That's right? bitter. If you'll drink that, you would definitely drink dandelion. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Because I actually love milk thistle. My body responds yeah. very well to it. Sometimes I drink a, a calendula tea. Um, and I had been, um, I'm starting to kind of phase out of the chase tree berry tea because I yep. that was actually yep. helping. That was actually helping me with um, the, the acne also, the cystic acne. Um, oh, yes, I can see how that would, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even though I was looking to conceive, it was definitely helping with that. And so, But I have read that, you know, too much of a good thing can still be too much of a good thing. And right. So, right? You're, you're done with menopause now, and so you're probably done with chase tree now. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm starting to kind of phase it out slowly rather than, you know, feeling like even breaking and entering. Like we've talked about, breaking and entering is usually not a necessary thing. It can be, but oftentimes it's right. not. And I'm just, I'm kind of phasing it out gently. Um, nice. I have, so I have, I have gone through menopause so, with so much energy and joy, thanks to you. I have never taken a hormone or an antibiotic throughout this process. And I'm proud to say I feel better than I ever have and no acne and um, feeling really good. And I don't think that would have ever happened without your guidance and mentorship. So thank you so, so very much. I am blessed. Thank you. We are blessed with you. Yes. Thank you for letting us all know and for letting me know. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I've been thinking about you, and last week I was going to come on, and then I was in a meeting, and I looked at the time. I said, oh, dear. Uh, so, oh. This time, <laughs> so this time I said, that's it. This is, the, this is the week. Even if it's on my walk, out and about, I have to tell Susan, this is the day. So there it is. All right. Hooray. <laughs> you did. Oh, bless God. Bless you. Thank you so much. Blessings to you. For all our help. Oh, green blessings, Susan. Thank you. Yes. All right. And we have two callers with their hands raised. The next caller is coming from the 914 area code. You are live on the air with Susan. 
Hi, Susan. This is Joseph. Hi. What's up with you tonight? Um, so I recently went vegan for uh, from an omnivorous diet, um, strictly for animal welfare reasons. Um, and well, I you, are, people... you are doing about the worst possible thing you could for animals. Um, Acting out okay. doesn't help anybody. Suppose I said, I want to help young white men, and the way I'll do that is to ignore them. Um does it work? Does it work that way? If you want to improve animals' lives, then you have to eat them. Because Why is that? there's a previous caller who said, well, I can go to my co-op now and I can get all these wonderful things. Well, the reason she can do that is because Sarah Fallon and I have made it part of our life work to knock the heads of people who aren't eating animals together and say, what do you think you're doing? You're not helping any animals. The real way to help animals is to eat them because then you're going to demand the absolute best quality. You're going to demand that people keep heirloom animals, keep them well, love them, butcher them in a beautiful way because you're eating that meat and you're a person of integrity. Um, well, There's so absolutely no way you can be healthy with that animal products in your diet. Um, well, I, I guess there's... You have to at the very least think of vitamin B12 supplement. And you know that every vitamin B12 supplement now is genetically modified? You take a B12 supplement, um, you're taking genetically modified material. I and I think that's, I that's the ironic twist. Um, but I'm going okay. is usually the way we do it. I mean, you um, called for me to talk, right? Well, I, I didn't even really get... What I was going to ask. Um, no, you didn't. So you said the magic word. Uh, vegan? Does that trigger you? Vegan is the reason that I'm talking to you. Did you hear anything I said? I, I Are you just I, I waiting did. until you get to say what you want to say? That, absolutely so not. you didn't no, really I'm call actually, me. No, I. I and so you need your own show. But if you're actually I'm, calling me. What I'm telling you is stop it now. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not preemptively... You said you decided to be vegan. I call them vegan because it messes up your mind. For animal welfare, I heard you. You decided to stop having anything to do with animals for the improvement of animals? It's crazy. It doesn't work that way. Are you hearing me? Um, I, I believe I am hearing you. Um, do you mind if I ask a question? You just did. You just uh, asked I, me a question like, right there, didn't you? Um, so I guess yeah, I'll go you ahead. Did. So just go right um, ahead. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I, it seems like you're upset, so I'm, I'm sorry if I upset you. I'm not um, upset. I'm excited. Oh, okay. I'm excited. Um, I've just... Yeah, just say I'm coming in with genuine intentions. I wasn't coming here as like because I'm actually genuinely curious, like what uh, about the health concerns? Like I, I recently went vegan, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm a nutritional expert, so I actually was calling to ask like um, genuine questions, not sort of come in with a pun agenda. Um, so I mean, as far as the like the welfare concerns, um, like it doesn't even let's say for example that. Um, 
that humans uh, required animal products to be fully healthy, it still doesn't follow, like, how would animal welfare be increased if we did eat them? You aren't listening to me. Okay, I'm trying. I told you. I told you that if you want to improve animals' lives, you eat them. Because you, being a person of integrity, will only eat the best possible thing, won't you? That would be the best thing for me, which I'm not saying is invalid. The best thing for the animal. That's what you want. You want what's best for the animal. The same way that I take care of my goats. Because I am going to eat those goats. I'm going to eat the milk from those goats. And so... Knowing that that's going to be my food, I want to take care of it in a super special way. Right? Opting out has never worked. And it doesn't work for animal rights. So uh, I'm, just, I'm just asking honestly. Um, so are you proving the welfare of the animal essentially because the animals exist for my purpose? Is that the, the, law, the reasoning I'm saying pattern? you improve. I'm saying that these animals are going to be raised anyhow. You're choosing not to eat meat or not to eat animals or not to have anything to do with animals, which is what they can say. They have nothing to do with animals. It's not going to change one animal's life anywhere, ever. If, however, you elect to make animals a part of you, which is what love is about, love is about making things part of you, not about pushing them away, then you will improve an animal's life because it's going to be part of you. So you have a choice. Do nothing or improve an animal's life. But don't think you improve a life by doing nothing. That's not true. So... Like, if I were to eat you, would that be, good, like... Uh, would you take care of me before you ate me? Would you feed me good sure. food? Would you feed sure. me the, everything I wanted and let me have the best of everything? Sure. Uh, what if I... And that would be perfect. Of course that would be the excellent thing. I would be happy. If I ate you? Yes. Okay. Most of the people um, that I've been really intimate with have. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, not you? I, I you don't mean, do it? I, I did not. You know, don't, you know, and don't act like, <laughs> don't act like putting our tongues on each other is not eating because it is, and that's why we call it that. We literally well, like, each other. You know what Ryan Drum says? Ryan Drum says, you know, Susan, just leave the stupid vegans alone because we're all obligate carnivores. They're eating their own guts every 24 hours. And so, paha, you know? Okay, then let me be you a little bit more specific. It's what Ryan Drum is saying. It's impossible. You're in a fantasy land if you think you're a vegan. Um, so all you're doing is spreading hatred. Hatred for animals. That is an absolutely misguided belief. Okay, okay. Let's get off the ethical topic. Let's say that I, I'm spreading hatred. You cannot um, be healthy without animal products unless you take okay, a vitamin yeah, B12 that, supplement, and they're all genetically modified. So, yeah, that, that was going to be my, my next question, which, again, is coming from genuine intentions, and I'm asking honestly. Um, so what specific nutrients do I require from animal products that I'm going to be deficient in that if I don't? Eat them. You require vitamin B12 
And do you know that vegans are 73% more likely to break a bone than people who consume dairy products and animal products? Um, I don't Every know that. Every mineral needs animal fat to be activated in your body. Every single mineral. Um, so Calcium, so magnesium, often, manganese, phosphorus, potassium. Nothing that you're eating is making much difference in your body because there's no animal products in your diet. Okay, so you're saying that it specifically the animal fat is a ne- is a necessary component to digest other uh, nutrients. So I can find animal products, like let's say, because you can definitely. I'm not talking find about digesting. Magnesium. I'm talking about using. I didn't say digest. I said use. Okay, sorry, I'm not not trying to get into a linguistic debate. Uh, well, use. it's not so, a linguistic thing. It is a real difference. Digesting okay, something is breaking it apart, getting it out of the matrix that it's in, and using it is getting it into your cells. You can digest like crazy, but if you can't use, then it's useless. You can have the best digestion in the whole world, but if you can't get that stuff in your cells, so what? The fat is what allows you to use the nutrients. Okay, so you're saying it's the animal fat specifically. It is the animal fat, exactly, yes. Your brain is mostly cholesterol. Where are you going to find cholesterol? Well, the body synthesizes cholesterol on its own. It does. But I ask you where you're going to find it in your food. I thought we were talking about that. Unless you want me to eat your liver, but I don't think so. No, no, I'm saying you need that, to get I'm not, some that cholesterol besides what your body makes is what I'm saying. Your body's not going to make okay. enough to cover for what you're eating. And especially okay. so, if your diet is going to be very high in plant matter because plant matter is the world's hardest thing to digest. Okay. So, so the, the And even once you do digest it, if there's no animal fat... You know, you might want to read the history of the people who went west. In North America, white people came, and they settled into the East Coast. And then there was a westward movement, and they moved out into the plains. And the people, the native people who lived on the plains, knew that the most important thing in their diet was the animal fat. And they called the white people wasashu, which means eats all the fat. Because the white people would just come in and eat the fat. And the fat was reserved for the women and children because it was that critical to health and to the health of the community. The white people who came and lived there, although they had plenty to eat because the animals that are there are so lean, died because they didn't have enough animal fat in their diet. These are historical facts that you can go and check. So you're saying that the unsaturated fats that are found in plants are insufficient, but it's specifically the saturated fats in animals that the body requires? That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, I'm not a nutritional expert, so I'd, be, I'd definitely be happy to look that up. Uh, uh, so, it's, so specifically you're saying that I need saturated fat. Um, and then also... I'm B12 specifically saying that you need fat from... Animals, 
not coconut fat, which is saturated fat. Don't put words in my mouth. I have not said saturated once. I've said animals, yes? Uh, well, I sorry, I just thought I was clarifying, and you said that's exactly what well, you said. Well, you made it animal, up. I didn't ever say saturated. I said animal. Okay. I understood. Okay. Sorry about that. Because coconut yeah, fat okay. is saturated, isn't it? And that's not sure. what I'm talking about. Okay, so animal fat is, is an absolute necessity to use other nutrients that you can access in plants. Correct. To use, to use the oil-soluble vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K, and to use all of the minerals. Okay, so you're saying that those vitamins that you listed are only fat-soluble and that I have to, and that I need the correct. animal vitamin fat. Vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K are fat-soluble vitamins, correct. Only soluble through animal fat. I have not said only because that's not the way I talk. Okay, so, but you said, then what is the dependency? I did not say only. I said that. Okay, sorry. Nutrients in plant matter are extremely hard to get. We are not designed to eat plant matter. And no indigenous people on this planet have ever chosen to have a diet of only plant matter because it is certain death to their culture. Absolute death. Destroys reproductive capacity, destroys intellectual capacity. It is death. So no culture chooses that. And they all deeply understand that plant matter is difficult to get anything out of. And that's why the poorest person will drop a bone into their soup or their beans so that they get that animal fat that allows them to thrive on the vegetables they have to eat. Okay. Yeah, I, okay, I understand. I understand the specific point that you're trying to make. Um, I'm definitely going to research that. Um, so... And then you're saying that B12 is another concern, right? B12 is a very big concern. Okay. So what makes vegan fake? Uh, sorry, what was that? B12, lack of B12 is what makes vegans vague. Okay, but um, can we agree that uh, vitamin B12 is synthesized by bacteria and not animals? You are not going to get any B12 in a non-animal source. It is, can be thrown into algae. They can take genetically modified B12 and they can put it into algae and claim that the algae made it, but the algae didn't. Bacteria in some circumstances could, but no, no, I'm not gonna agree to that. Okay, uh, that's just what all the research I've done on B12. But I understand that you fine. research, but I'm not sure what your research goal is because I don't think you're looking at people. Well, that, that's actually not true. Like, for example, uh, so what people, what people have you found that synthesize vitamin B12? Oh, I didn't say that, no. I, uh, I agree. People, people not cannot synthesize vitamin B12. B12. Excuse me. You're not looking yeah, at people. You're looking at research. But that synthesize. research is, you know, to those researchers, 
And perhaps this is true to you, to those researchers. A compound which contains 100 different constituents, which is vitamin C, is exactly the equivalent of ascorbic acid, one of those 100 substances that's actually vitamin C. So as far as they're concerned, taking ascorbic acid is the same as taking vitamin C. And folate is present in leaves, but it can't be synthesized, so they put folic acid in things and want us to believe that it's the same as folate, but it's not. Now, if you believe that folic acid is the same as folate and that ascorbic acid is the same as vitamin C, then your research is spot on. And you're a machine, but I am a human being. And so I'm not going to look at that kind of research on individual nutrients. I'm going to look at people in the world and what people in the world do to live long, healthy, effective, satisfying lives. Okay. It's not um, it's not research of that kind. Right? It's a different kind of research in that I'm allowing myself to be informed by the hundreds of generations of humans who have lived before me. Susan so, Spencer, um, I just want to let you know, this show has ended, so at this time you all are having a private what? conversation. With they, really, the they turned us off and they didn't even let me know? They did. It just turned off. Correct. Okay. Oh, well, good blessings. Good night, everybody. Good uh, blessings.